All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, another episode of the Green Teamers pod here. Uh, we got Matt, per usual, and Brian Rooney has joined us once again. Um, quick little shout out to Bry. It's his 25th wedding anniversary. So huge congrats to Bry. A great example for us young men, I think. So very, very happy to have you on on such a special day. Can't, can't um, think of a better so, way to spend uh, the anniversary. <laughs> it's honestly very nice of you to take the time to hop on with us um, today of all days. But um, we kind of have a big, big episode in store. Uh, Matt and I would have liked to probably get this out a little earlier, but I've been I'm out of the country right now. So logistically, it's a little it's a little more difficult. But uh, we'll, we're going to discuss the uh, shocking trade that happened a few days ago with the Celtics. Um, where they sent Marcus Smart, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and I think a future pick, um, and we got back Chris Stapp's Porzingis. So Smart went to the uh, to the Grizzlies, um, and the other guys went to the Wizards. We also got back two first-round picks, so we got the 25th pick in this draft, and then we have the Warriors' pick first-round pick next year, which is top four protected, uh, which will be an interesting asset to talk about. Uh, so me personally, I'll just I'll start this off real quick. We'll probably circle back to me at some point. Um, not a huge fan of this deal, guys. Not a huge fan. Um, as you all know, Marcus Smart has been my favorite player for years. So definitely a little bias in that opinion. But I don't know. I feel like when the first reports first came out where it was a Malcolm Brogdon center deal for Chris M. Porzingis, it was like everyone was like, holy shit, Brad's done it again. This is a steal. Like, I can't believe he's flipping Brogdon for Porzingis. And then in a matter of like an hour or two, it switched so quickly to Marcus Smart. And I feel like opinions of that deal changed so rapidly and so significantly just from that quick switch, which makes a lot of sense because I think Marcus Smart is very clearly a much more important piece to our team than Brogdon was. We were all kind of willing to move on from Brogdon this offseason if it came to it especially in a deal for like Porzingis. But for me, looking at this, this deal was going to be Brogdon, Gallo, Muscala for Porzingis. And it turned to smart. And we, I know we got these two first round picks. One of them's the 25th pick, which like isn't amazing. So like for me, it's just like, I don't see the value there. I don't see how that's, Personally, I don't see – like, I feel like Smart leaves a much bigger hole than Brogdon does when he leaves. And Porzingis isn't filling that the same – like, Porzingis isn't filling the Smart hole like he would have filled the Brogdon hole, if that makes sense. And I think there's a lot of intangibles that Smart had that Porzingis doesn't doesn't bring anywhere near that those intangibles. And then now on the team, I, I'm looking at the roster. I'm like, I don't know who else has those intangibles. All right, Smart was like the heart, the leader of this team. And I know he's he's fallen off a little bit with that, especially with his defense. And maybe he's lost that, like, grittiness a tiny bit. Um, but Horford is, like, yeah, Matt, Matt said, he is a, another another veteran presence, but I don't think he's out, as outspoken as Smart. So I think that's enough for me. I'm going to right. hand it over to Matt now. Love to hear your opinion on this. Um, but, yeah, so take it away. Here, Brian, you want to you wanna hit it first and then I'll – I'll come sure. in after. Want to hear? Want to hear both sides? Because I think you might be on the other side. Yeah, Brian might even me out. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I will tell you, Gev. I'm on the exact opposite side from you. Um, and to say that all along I was a big smart 
fan. I, I, I loved when they shifted, got rid of the small guards and shifted to having him as the point guard. I thought that was a big step for us because it got us defensively to be a lot more versatile and strong. Uh, but I was just jotting down. I probably have 10 reasons why I think this was a good, good trade. I'll, I'll give you a couple kind of quickly. Um, and I think you guys recognize this and, and I think it's why you were okay with the Brogdon trade, but obviously we needed, we had a log jam, uh, at guard and we needed to unload somebody. Um, and we needed, we needed size. I mean, Rob and Al are both going to be very sort of questionable game to game. Uh, so we needed somebody and it couldn't be just who you could get on the scrap heap or even with a mid-level that, that wouldn't be enough for a championship caliber team. So we needed to get somebody who was better than that. And I think the only way to do it was to move one of these guards. Um, you know, we all agree white was going nowhere because of the way he's kind of, uh, you know, come about over the last uh, year or so. Um, but so you needed it for the balance of the team. I think is number one. Number two, something that we sent countless te text messages about throughout the playoffs. Kevin included fourth quarter. You know, why is Smart still out there? Why can't he just put White and Brogdon in? How many times did you say that, you Gavin texts? You give, I think you I led every time. I, I think <laughs> and, and hey, listen. No, that's true. That's definitely true. It's only yeah, fourth it quarter. Real. It was real because, you know, it, it was a tricky situation where he had earned the right to be in there, but he wasn't the right person to have in there. So that was a problem all throughout the playoffs in meaningful minutes is that you didn't really want him there, especially when you needed offense. Um, so I, those are kind of the couple, two that really come to me. I guess the final piece I'd say is personally, I noticed a good amount of slippage this year. Um, and, and it might be a one-off, it might be a long, you know, a long, uh, championship run a year ago that kind of wiped him out a little bit. And he's, he's kind of an energy guy. So he didn't have the same energy. I'm worried, you know, he's getting to that age where, you know, physically his body just can't quite move as quick as it used to. I mean, he, he was a real liability against like Trey young. I mean, anybody with a little bit of quickness, he could not handle, he, he was great against like Embiid some of the slower big guys, but against guards, he, he really struggled. And, and I worry that's the beginning of kind of a slow, slow dec decline in that regard. So I'm happy with it. Uh, would I rather have had Brogdon? That's an interesting question. I, I don't know if I would have rather traded Brogdon. I think that I think we'll forget how good he was earlier in the yeah, year. I agreed. The last, couple games were horrible so we think terribly of him but he carried us in a couple of those playoff games so i'm not sure you know i want to i want to talk more about it but i'm not sure i i would have felt any different if we never heard of the brogdon trade and if it was right to the smart trade I, i'm not sure i would have had a big uh that would have been that much like better a deal to me yeah. so some of my first thoughts good points i think i am right between both of you I think <laughs> <laughs> as, as predicted, um, I, I would rather have smart than Brogdon. I just think he has, he brings more to the table. So I think hearing that it was Brogdon first and then flipping the smart sort of soured my, my opinion a bit on the trade, but overall, I think they had to do something. Can't keep running it back. Um, 
and and we did need a big obviously this kind of opens up another hole <laughs> though at guard especially if Brogdon's hurt so as we get into kind of next moves later on we can kind of talk about that how we maybe plug that but um but yeah i i think i like it it was a bold move by Brad Stevens so happy that he has the balls to uh to do that um and then sort of one other point i wanted to touch is I feel like Twitter and our friends have been kind of talking about um you have you want some you want to say something real quick? I'm gonna chime in. Okay. Um so Twitter and our friends have been talking about how um sort of trading smart means we're kind of losing our entire culture, our entire toughness, and all that. And while I do think he brought a lot to the table in that regard, I don't think we were a particularly mentally tough team. Over the past year, we were pretty soft. We had all these lapses. So, like, are we truly losing that much from him there if we weren't necessarily a tough team to begin with? Yeah, I agree. That so that's what I, that was one of the things I was going to say. So, two, so three. This I have a threefold response. So first, I was going to say that. So I, I did say how Smart was like the heart, the leader of this team. But a big thing we've been kind of very critical about the Celtics, especially the last two years, um, was that they, they don't have that killer instinct maybe and how we need like a tough veteran presence, someone in the huddle to like kind of get on their asses and get them going, kind of like Udoka was doing in his first season with the team. And we kind of said Smart is supposed to be that character, but wasn't. I remember we talked about it on one of the episodes this year. So, yes, that, that was something that I agree that Smart was maybe overhyped a little bit about. Um, another, the second thing I wanted to say was another worry about this trade that I had kind of going, responding to one of your points, Bri, was I 100% agree that with Horford and Rob, I think our front court's very unreliable in terms of health and production, 100%. And I know that Porzingis brings a ton to the table offensively. Um, he's one of the best um, post scorers in the league. I think he's the top post scorer in the league, averaging like one point. I have a tweet up from Kevin O'Connor. Oh, he's averaging one up. point. Yeah, per, 1.29 points per post, which is number one in the league. And defensively, something I've been on the Celtics so much is the drop coverage on the pick and rolls. And he's top five in pick and roll defense um, and points allowed per pick and roll. He's fourth behind Anthony That's Davis, surprising. Stephen Adams, and Giannis. So, yeah, st- shocking. I didn't realize he was this good defensively until we made this deal. So, in terms of production, I totally think he adds a ton and he is – leagues and whatever you want a million times better than Rob and Horford. My only issue was that you talked about Rob and Horford maybe being unreliable health-wise. And I think that Porzingis is a little bit iffy health-wise. I think he's been hurt most of his career. This last season was his only like pretty much fully, fully healthy year. Although he, he, I don't think he played the entire season. Um, so in terms of health, I don't think we did, got someone that reliable. Um, I don't know what to expect this coming year. I'm, I'm sure that the there's going to be a big emphasis on like managing his minutes and his load and all that. But I just hope that we get the healthy version of Porzingis because I do think the trade was a little risky taking the chance on him, given his health history throughout his entire career, not just this past year. So that's just something I, I wanted to note that might be a little bigger of a, a risk than is being made out to be. And now the last point, which I might be overhyping, and that's why I kind of want to bring it up with you guys. Do we think – how do we think this trading of smart is going to impact 
Tatum and Brown's feelings about the team, especially now that Brown has to resign. Um, like, is this going to change it? Also, Tatum came out after the trade. He posted stuff on social media for him, and he kept saying, "When we link back, link up again. When we link up again." Kind, I don't know if I feel good about that or more scared about that because he didn't say where. And then Jalen hasn't said anything. He's been silent. Like he hasn't said anything about it, which is weird to me. Like bizarre. Um, I can totally see Jalen being like, I don't need to say anything about it publicly. Like he's my friend. I said it behind closed doors, whatever. Totally fine. Just weird to me. So I'm just worried because I know how close he is with both of them. He's like very close with Jalen and with Tatum. How is that going to impact the future of both of those guys on this team and their, I don't know, mindset, mentality, whatever you want to call it going into the season. I'm a little worried about that. So I'm going to stop talking now and kind of hand it off to you guys. Yeah, per- perfect segue to something I wanted to to jump on, which is first, I would agree that this was Smart's team. And the reason is he was he's the longest standing player, right? Like he's been around through it all. So he he was here when Tatum was a rookie, Brown was a rookie. So they had to sort of defer to him sort of throughout their career. Now, none of us were on the sidelines or on in the practice. Uh, you know, the practice court to really know how did others like his leadership style? So I, I question that because he, he was a part of the last two years where we had all these kind of ridiculous uh, games where we fell apart. So, so I, I always question that he did a lot of stuff that looked really good and to like the fans, like, Oh my goodness, he just dived on the floor. That was amazing. But like, what was it like day in day out with him? So I I would say I'm really optimistic for Tatum and Brown to have the opportunity to have it be their team, uh, especially Brown. I could see Brown really sort of taking on the leadership. I, I question, and, and I, I don't follow it maybe as close as you, I question if Brown really liked Smart a lot. I, I They had a lot of disagreements on the court, uh, off the court, uh, like, you know, that we'd hear about happening in the locker room. So I think it's a great opportunity for Tatum and Brown. Um, And then the final piece I'd say is I think one of the other changes that allowed this to happen, I believe, well, let me just say, smart leaving gives, makes this more Missoula's team. Right. Smart being there, I felt like he was always going to be kind of undercutting. And he did throughout the playoffs and the season. He would kind of, you know, point out Joe's mistakes or whatever. But we have to talk about these two new coaches coming in and their experience in the league. And they're they've been around some really, really good teams when we're talking about Sam Cassell and and uh, Charles Lee. And, and I just think that the culture of the team, I think, needed a change. And through sort of maybe the subtraction of smart, the addition of these two coaches, JT and 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 Jalen uh, stepping up and taking more of a leadership, I, I feel like the culture could change and could change pretty dramatically. Now you want to go? No, you're you're right. One of my uh, notes. It's a question to ask you guys is is <laughs> was do they make this trade if if Udoka is the head coach and not Missoula? And my gut instinct is probably no for kind of the reasons that that you guys outlined. So it's interesting to it's think a cool about. Cool question. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think I definitely do like this trade as an opportunity, Brad, kind of like you described it for one of Tatum or Brown to really take control of this team. And I think if I was a betting man, I would 100% bet on it being Jalen rather than Tatum. I think Tatum's a very could be both. A much more – could be both. But I, if I was betting, I would bet on Jalen. I think Tatum's a little more introverted and more quiet than Jalen. I think Jalen has a little bit more of that, like, tenacity and, like, like fierceness. Like, I just like that about his personality. You can also kind of see it in the way he plays. So definitely in that sense, I think – it's definitely a positive, something to look forward to and hope for. Um, I just, I don't know. Right now, it's easy. I just a doubter, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. Like, like that's what it, that's what I I would say. Probably you have a question. Yeah, no. I just I wonder your guys' thoughts. Do you guys think that this trade had already been talked about and planned? I mean, it's just so quick to be able to to pivot. I think what, what when was I getting text? Eleven forty-five. Yeah. Oh, it all fell apart, and we had till midnight. So, like, I don't know how long yeah. was it that they could transition. To me, this must have been discussed, and was it always part of the plan? Was it a plan to move both of them uh, again with the new CBA? It's unfortunate, but that's what's going to start happening to teams. Is you can't carry, you know all that depth that we had this year anymore. That's, that's going to be something of the past. So uh, especially if we have two super max guys. Yeah. Which you is where we're heading. The trade was already set up. It seems like it had to have been. Yeah. Cause to, to be yeah. able to pivot that quick is, is pretty nuts. So it's kind of crazy. I saw, I think I saw something. I don't take my word for this. Cause I've been trying to look for the tweet and I can't find it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was a theory or a report. But I think I saw something on Twitter saying the original deal was to do smart and they had that going. And then the Clippers came in talking for Brogdon. So they almost pivoted to that. But then the Clippers bailed on it health wise. And then they were able to just go back and and have it be smart. I think I yeah, saw something. It was sense. actually it was actually smart the whole time. I just exactly. I just wish I didn't hear about the Brogdon thing first, because I feel like that, like you said, Matt, really like gave me a biased perspective of the deal. Um, so quickly, I want to ask you guys, what? how do you feel about this deal if this is a rental for Porzingis and we don't extend him? And if we do extend him, how comfortable are you paying him like two years, 70-something million dollars? Yeah, two years, 77. On top, on top of the uh, Supermax, so hopefully Jalen signs, and then Tatum Supermax next summer. Like that's that's a weird big three, in my opinion. I think they are going to extend him to that two-year thing because I I don't like Porzingis yeah. opted in to be traded for this one year. I think it's like thirty-five. I don't think he would yeah. have done that if we didn't give him a strong indication that we were going to sign him to an extension. I think this means Grant's gone. Sign and trade him. I don't know for someone less money or for a trade exception, but um, yeah. I, I I think they kind of maybe have to extend Porzingis. I don't know. You can't just let him walk now or at least trade him again or sign and like do something. You can't really just, just have it be a a rental. I don't think you got to kind of keep that asset. I don't know. 100%. 100%. I think it would be a waste and it would be a disappointment if we traded away a guy like smart just to have one year of this guy. 
Um, I'm just a little skeptical of how it's going to work long-term with the money and the new CBA with the second uh, luxury tax apron. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they maneuver that. So kind of, I just wanted to add to my opinion of the deal is if Brad doesn't make any more trades for the rest of the summer and we like say lose grand for a TPE, then I might be completely out on this deal. But I think if Brad can fill out the roster more then I can easily switch to a yeah. very big fan of the deal. Good. So we'll He's see gonna, what happens. He'll Brad, trick you or he'll flip you. I hope I, I've, I've trusted Brad for a while, so I hope so. I just wanted to add a quick thing on smart in case he's listening. I want him to know that I am a, I am a big <laughs> fan. I don't want him to misconstrue. All right, Marcus, we loved you. We loved everything you did here. Um, we would love to have had you stay here, but these things happen. Um, I'm also going to predict that Marcus will have a, a real bounce back year. Um, I don't think he'll continue it beyond next year, but I do think he'll have a bounce back because we're all any competitive athlete. When you get a little something like this happens, it makes you just work that much harder, be that much sharper, et cetera. So I, I could see him having a really, uh, really good year next year. Um, so I'm definitely going to miss him. Like, I don't like, I can't imagine him wearing a different uniform, but the the killer about sport, you can't, you can't ever become too, I don't know, connected to any one player because oh, yeah. sometimes there's an, a trade that makes you better that that's really hard to do. So give Brad credit. Super hard, you know. Uh, he he probably appreciated what Smart did as much as anybody. So He give coached him, him, too, so even harder. Yeah, I agree. I, I'd like to add that, Marcus, if you're listening. I've been – you've been my favorite player for, like, the last nine years since you were here. So uh, I'm here. I have your back. And I think I agree with Brian. Huge season coming from you this year. I'm predicting all NBA first defense for Smart. Oh. Um, so I can see that. And uh, yeah, man, can't wait till you're back in green for sure. Matt, you have um, anything you want to say to Marcus? <laughs> uh, Marcus, sorry, I got I got nothing. I got nothing for you, man. We're gonna That's win the chip man. without you. No. I remember that, Brian. Yeah. Brian, what you were saying about getting attached on the play, completely random thought, but I think that was kind of Matt with Ray Allen until Ray Allen betrayed us and left for the heat. But um, that's kind of, that was, I kind of feel I've kind of tricked, tricked myself in the years after. I would always like try to tell myself Rondo was always my favorite and it was never Ray, but it was 100 Such a lie. Ray. I know. It was no <laughs> doubt, Ray. Both of you know. <laughs> um, so with that, I want to pivot to the Celtics draft, which I thought was also – um, kind of crazy. Like I was really hoping they would take a first round guy. Finally, I feel like that would be good, like cheap talent to fill out the roster a little bit. Um, and then Brad Stevens just goes full Bill Belichick mode and like trades back a million times and accumulates like four second round picks, which I don't know if you guys heard, but he did an interview with Mark D'Amico and he was, it, it was a sick interview actually. Cause he was like, We've seen like the value of second round picks in the past couple of years and how it skyrocketed. And before these, four, before trading back, we only had like two second round picks in the next six years. Now we have six, and that will be a lot of like that will be very useful in the future. So he was saying like I know a lot of fans are probably thinking about what the hell is he doing, but this is more of like a bigger picture thing. Matt, you were talking about probably Grant's gone. I think I was reading on Twitter. I think it's going to be for uh, TPE, like you said. And it'll be an asset to use at the deadline to to 
to use with those second round picks he got to kind of fill out the need that arises throughout that first half of the season, which I think is a pretty good, I like that plan going into the season. Um, that don't, that's not me saying that nothing else needs to be done, but I think that's a good plan for the second round picks. Um, so how did you guys feel about him trading back? And specifically, how did you guys feel about the guy we did pick, Jordan Walsh, um, who seems to be like a really long defensive guy who can't really shoot? Kind of reminds me a little bit of Avery Bradley, but a bigger version Ooh. coming out of college. What do you guys think? Brian, you want to take this first? I know there was a, a player or two you were kind of upset they didn't end up going for. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think just to echo what you said, I think with the new CBA, I think second round picks are going to take on a, a much greater value just because you're not committed to anywhere near the same salary. So I think uh, you're totally right. And I think they're, they're more valuable than ever. So I think that's true. Um, I was bummed. I mean, I think we're in win now mode. So I would have liked to, to for them to take a swing at somebody uh, at 25 um, or at least at some point uh, before they did with Walsh name uh, drop. Give, give a couple names. Well, my number one was uh, it's Andre Jackson, right? Yeah. You con- I love him. I just think he would be a, he would fit right away. I mean, he's an unreal passer. He's super competitive, super tough, uh, you know, a little weak, weaker offensively but i feel like he fills in every other part of the game and i think he's just he's just kind of a winner so that was my number one guy i i hadn't followed i, I don't think any of us had followed the 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 draft a whole lot right and, and then all of a sudden we had a day to figure out who's who and who do we want but um so i think i, I don't have strong feelings either way about walsh i mean i just took a quick look at his stats and i mean six offense, points right yeah, I mean, really kind of weak offensively. However, I do remember him a little from that NCA run because they had a decent NCA run, right? They eventually lost to UConn, but they had a they had a good run, and I think they beat Kansas, right? And uh, he 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 was active. He was active. Um, so we shall see. I think, unfortunately, I'm not sure that kind of guy can really plug in right away. I mean, maybe he'll be like. How Neesmith was, even though Neesmith was <laughs> a great shooter, he was just for us. He was only Energy a really ball. good defender and played hard. Maybe that's what Walsh will bring, um, and that might be like in today's NBA, you need just some guys to fill out rosters, and he may be a guy who will play hard, play D, and uh, you know a lot of upside. Right? Wasn't he in the top five best players coming into college? Wasn't it something like that? Yeah, I think he was a top ten recruit. It might have been top five. So, so we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I, I would agree with you, you give, I think who said there, there needs to be a couple more shoes to, to, to drop. Uh, you know, like I think, I think we definitely need some wing depth. I'd love to hear your guys thoughts on uh, Dylan Brooks. Ooh. So real quick, just to, uh, you guys making a face just to note trading out of the first round i think opens up our the taxpayer mle to sign free agents um so relating that to dylan brooks would he take that i'm out on dylan brooks i i think one he's going to be a little too expensive actually i was listening to a windhorse podcast the other day and they those guys were saying like 
12, 15, 18 per. And I just don't really see why you would pay that much. And we can't even get there. I don't know what the, the MLE is, but it's definitely not, not up there. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I'm out. I'd much rather like go after, if you want a player like that, like the smart Dylan Brooks vibe, maybe go Patrick Beverly on a minimum contract or yes. something like that instead. I don't know. Yes. Brooks is better, obviously, but do you so, want Brooks? Either of you two? I'd be open to it. I'd be open to it. I feel like we need a wing. We need we need a wing kind of guy. We need a guy with multiple positions. I, I'm I'm open to it. I, I don't know how much of a headache he is. I mean, he seemed like kind of a knucklehead, but the other one who I would have loved, although it was never realistic, and especially once Porzingis was was Draymond. I would have loved oh. to have gotten Draymond. He would have been a perfect fit here too, as well. I think. I always said the Draymond thing until right after we lost the Heat series, and Draymond went on his podcast celebrating how the Celtics lost and how happy he is that Celtics fans are upset. I was like, the second I heard that, I was like, all right, this guy, no chance comes here. Back yeah. to Dylan Brooks. I think that guy is a clown. I think. I hate players like that who talk a big game and then don't back it up. That's what I think. Like, I think a lot of guys on our team talk a big game and back it up. Like, I know we didn't win the Heat Series, but they kept saying, don't let us win another one, don't let us win another. And we fucking forced a game seven that we probably should have won. Um, like, our guys, like, Smart's, like, the toughest guy ever we ever had. I feel like Jalen doesn't talk unless he, like, really backs it up. Dylan Brooks went at LeBron James – and, like, called him old. Like, what are you doing? That's just, like, silly. And then they go and lose the series, and he sh- can't make a basket for his life. I feel like that's just, like, an all-time collapse and choke and just I don't want him anywhere near our team. I think he has too big of an ego. He's a really um, good defender. Matt, really good defender. May, yeah, sure. But we can, like, we can find that somewhere else. I feel like Patrick Beverly's intensity and, like, like just, like, grit and personality, that I think is sick. He like, might not be that good, like, though. No, I don't care. I don't want him, like, I don't think we're getting him to, like, play, like, 20 minutes a game. I think we're there to get the bench hyped up, to, like, get in the game, rattle some people. He's the type of guy who you hate playing against and love having on your team. He's so annoying whenever you play against him. But I feel like having that on your team is, like, like a very intense player, which I like. It would be nice if he was a little more accomplished, had a little bit more, like, of a resume, whatever. But in terms of just his pure personality and intensity, I love that. And I think that's what this team needs. He might not be the best fit. But that being said, like, the free agent market this year isn't really cool. So the the taxpayer MLE is about $6.5 million. Um, I'm looking at the names of the free agents. I saw Derek Rose was floated around linked to the Celtics. Don't know how credible that is. I feel like – I don't know. I feel like – that means you probably trade Pritchard. Oh, well, something I feel like we should talk about also. We don't have to. I'm just going to float it. Like, what happens with Pritchard now? Are we going to trade him or are we going to get another guard? And then, do, yes, trade him. Should be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm looking at the names and it's, like, pretty no expensive one. guys that aren't anywhere near fitting into the taxpayer MLE up until, like, Karis LeVert. And then that goes to, like, Malik Beasley, Derek Rose, Will Barton. How about Bruce um, Brown? Is Bruce Brown above the MLE? Bruce Bruce Brown is, it yeah. would be incredible if if Brad signs him. I will I will never doubt him a day in my life. But there's no chance he he doesn't he like he's gonna get so much money this summer. I feel like the window to get him was last summer. 
Um, he bet on himself, and now he's going to get a huge. He payday. opted out he of probably... like a six or seven million dollar deal yeah. with the Nuggets to become a free agent. Exactly. So he's expecting what more. Do you think he's going to yeah, get he's... today's NBA? I mean, he's still. He a... could get more than ten easily. He could get more than ten easily. I think best player on a team. I mean, he he can't be your second or third best player. I the mean, Rockets, someone. Really, he'd be a good fit there with Ime. Um, I agree, though. Brown would be think... ideal. Yeah, he would be sick. Um, looking at these names, this is just like shitty. I don't know what Brad's gonna do. I feel like it's got to be via trade. What can you get for Pritchard? Like, I really want to know. I feel like a deal with Pritchard. He's like the time when he's gotten a chance to play this year. I feel like he's really shown out and like shown that he can be. Why are you guys making that face? He had a thirty-point triple double the one game where he played like a full game. I was like, making the face. Not come Brad, on, but... come on. He's good. I'm telling you, he's good. I feel like some team is going to take a chance on him, or they should. I, I don't know. I, I might just be overhyping it, but we got to be able to get something for him with like some picks, maybe. I don't know. Just brainstorming right now. But I feel I don't know what. I just honestly don't know what Brad's going to do. I'm kind of all over the place right you now. Probably what do you guys think? I want my dream target would be Alex Caruso. I don't know how they would be able to pull that off because I think he's making around. 10 million so like it doesn't fit the brogdon salary or the pritchard salary it's kind of stuck right in the middle but i think he would be a really good fit would replace a lot of what um what smart leaving would sort of the void created by that and i think he's just a professional plays hard really really good player he doesn't think he's the man like smart did at times like i just think he'd be a really good fit what do you think about this guy has a player option, but if he opts, I saw something about him maybe opting out. DiVincenzo, maybe. I feel like he's a good cheap guy to get. Defend If you wanted a defensive guy, I feel like he brings what Dylan Brooks brings without the Mickey Mouse personality. I don't know. Just a thought. Um, just looking at these names, I really don't know who else like to mention. Harrison Barnes, go through this list. he helpful at all? I mean, he'll probably be the MLE. Oh. You think? You think? You think he'll be that cheap? I do. Yeah. Yeah, he will. What kind of role does he play anymore in a team? I mean, again, he's a fourth, fifth, even on our team. That would be cool. That would be a great guy off the bat. I like that. I would love that. I would I'm not sure. That. I would. Yeah, that's good. Give Jeff Green a little bit. He he. They kind of remind me of similar, that kind of similar players. You know. I like that for sure. I would be happy with that with that signing. Yeah, I and don't I, know who else. I'll agree with you on Pritchard. I I have fears that we'll trade Pritch and he will, you know, 100%. in the right situation, become a starter maybe. But if not, he'll be that sort of com- combo guard. Is he really a combo guard? But, you know, a guard who could play shooting or point. Yeah, who's I've been saying that. Who's my comp? Oh, yeah, TJ McConnell. That's it. That's my comp for him. Um, Good comp. He's he's a good guy to have on your team. He's a he's he can good make- role player. Yeah, exactly. I I just don't I don't know if Pritchard wants more than that. Does he think he can get more than that? I I I don't I can't see him being a starter in the NBA at at six feet tall. You know that's just very unlikely. That's fair. That's fair. I do I do hope we can get if so if we do trade him, do we like I'm thinking we want a wing back right, not a guard, or do you want a guard because then you just have Derek White and Brogdon as your backcourt guard or a wing? Need both. <laughs> Yeah, I think they one. keep him. I'm. I'd be shocked if they traded Pritchard now that they got rid of Smart. Agreed. Yeah, 
it's probably more likely. But how much is he really going to play? He'll play a good bit, especially with Brogdon being, I don't know if Brogdon's supposed to this time or what, but I think he'll play a good bit. Yeah, that means they keep saying he won't, but he's filling yeah. smart minutes. Yeah. I mean, they could. Yeah, that's fair. Last year, Missoula, I feel like, never wanted to go big. And then he sort of would at times, and it wouldn't totally work in the playoffs. Or it did for a little bit against, uh, I think, Philly, but then it faded by Miami. But um, I feel like throughout the whole season, Missoula didn't really want to play big. He wanted to kind of play small and just chuck up threes, 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 and sort of not emphasize the defense. So, like, is... Just because we're talking about sort of guard minutes now, do you think this is like Stevens almost saying, no, we have to play big? Like, I'm not going to give you the personnel to not play big? or And so Pritchard might not play as much as we think? Or what do you guys kind of think about that? It could definitely be that. I think also the – oh, but actually, I was going to say the way the coaches he hired might also be a way to kind of change the way he played. But then I remember Brad saying – but then Brad, I also heard Brad say it's like Joe's staff. So I think Joe might be the one kind of leading the way with these hires. But I do hope that that's what Brad's plan is, or at least this, even if it inadvertently changes Joe's mind, because I, I was very vocally critical about kind of that, just huck up as many threes to get that three-point rate up and just keep shooting them even if we're missing. So I would love if that changes. Um, and I think he might have to. So that would be great. I think Joe was stuck. Like he had these three yeah. guards to get in. And I think that's actually why he played small. So I think it's fair. I, I don't know what his preference true is. True too. I think the lineup or the talent makes sense now to play either way, you know, depending on what a game or a series dictates, right? You can go yeah. super big. You could even play, could you play Porzingis at a three sometime? That would be pretty insane. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw I saw that about- tweet. A super big lineup with with Jalen Tatum. Oh, Rob, no guard Horford, even. Porzingis and Rob, yeah. Which would be nuts. I love it. Now, they should just play it for five minutes just yeah. to see what it's like. But Just to see. I, yeah. I agree. That would be cool. Any good, but it, it sounds cool. <laughs> it definitely. I agree. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, I don't know who one, else. You get final thing to kind of touch on before. Before we end this, do you want to talk quickly about assistant coaches, what that means a little bit there? Because those are huge moves. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. We didn't get to talk about it. So I think um, I think it's definitely a good good thing to do. So we were very critical about um, kind of the lack of experience on uh, the Celtics coaching staff this past year and kind of how maybe that was the reason why, you know, we had a lot of issues making adjustments or it took us a few games. We were a little late in making adjustments when it came to the playoff series and how this, the big, the main thing this off season was going to be getting Joe some help. So the Celtics went out and got Sam Cassell, which was one of Bry's favorite guys, the number one guys that he wanted us to get. Um, and then they got Charles Lee, who was an assistant under the Bucks? Um, he almost got the Bucks head coaching job a few times. He was interviewing for several head coaching positions the past couple seasons throughout the league, and then we were able to get him. And a lot of people that was kind of the biggest hire I think we had this summer. He was a really big get for us, and then he's going to be the lead assistant behind Joe. 
And then more recently, we signed Phil Pressey, which was cool, former Celtics player. Um, so, yeah, we kind of have this rebound. And the Duke guy, um, Emil Stout. Yeah. Oh, Emil oh Kimmer. yeah, Emil, Emil Jefferson, which is Tatum's boy. Uh, but I heard he was a, it's going to be a big loss for Duke. I don't know too much about him, just from reading some tweets. That's what people were saying. Um, so completely rebuffed staff. We had some guys leave to join Ime. Uh, but I'm really excited for this. This is it's hard to like go too in depth of like how assistant coaches are really gonna impact the Celtics play, but just in terms of like experience and getting some more guys in the locker room that kind of really know what they're talking about, I think will be will be pretty huge. And I and I don't know how that's gonna really come to fruition, but I'm just excited there's some more voices in there that that have some credibility. I think there was a weird dynamic the way that Joe moved up and probably passed some other guys on the coaching staff. So there was probably always some weird tension, but and Lee are both coming in knowing that Missoula is the head coach. Now they might be also saying, you know, if this guy kind of tanks it, I'm ready to step in and be the head coach of the Celtics. But I do think that the, the addition of the coaches and I'm, I'm going to give a huge plug too to Missoula having an entire off season to develop his plans and what he wants to do. I mean, he was thrown into a horrible situation where you're just scrambling, trying to put it together. So I think between the addition of these coaches who have been around serious, serious playoff runs um, and have been around some great players and sort of can share some wisdom. I think Lee, Lee was there when they won the championship, right? And Cassell was with the Celtics as a, at least as a player, right? Winning a champion. Yeah. So I think that carries weight with a Tatum, with a Brown, you know, to be able to say, Hey, dude, I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I've been where you want to get yeah. to. And here's what you got to do. So I'm psyched. I also love quickly, Matt, before you go, I just want to know, it's cool that we got Cassell from Philly and Lee from the Bucks. Yeah. They're pro- like, there's just some Intel about those two other top dogs that you're going to be contending with, which hopefully, you know, that could kind of pay off in other ways. But yeah, Matt, go ahead. No, you guys, you guys hit it. I'm hyped. <laughs> I like, yeah, I, I feel I like if good. Missoula got fired, these two guys would have been two of the top four or five candidates to take over as the head coach. So like to be able to get them as a, uh, as assistants is, is really cool. So yeah, that's a great point also. So yeah, I think I think we definitely have a a pretty like one of the strongest staffs probably we've had in a while. Um so I'm excited to uh to kind of see where that takes us. Any anything else you guys want to add quickly before we wrap up here? A quick question, a quick answer. Do you feel better or worse about the Celtics for next year? I'll, I'll start us off say better. Oh, I go better also. Uh I would say better with a very broken heart. There we go. We're all optimistic. What a good way to end this pod. That's true. I'll take it. I'll take it. Great job, guys. Great job. Um, Fun talking with you guys as always. Uh, Stay tuned, guys. Hopefully, we'll get another episode in shortly, meaning Brad does some other cool trade that we get to talk about. So, yeah, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Marcus, again, if you're listening, take care. You're going to kill it in Memphis. Um, Bri, happy anniversary. And yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.
Thanks, guys.